Hey everybody, welcome to the seventh episode. Um, it occurred to me recently that I usually say the seventh episode of the Chris P cast, but you're already listening to it, you know what it's called. Why am I promoting my show on my own show? Um, I want to thank you guys for listening. It's been such an awesome experience so far, and we're we're well on our way to 10 episodes, and I feel like I want to do something cool for episode 10, but I have no idea what it is, um, so it'll probably just be a normal uh, episode. So I just built up to nothing. Uh, two exciting things. The first thing is that you can now like the show on Facebook. Just search the Chris Pete cast, and I imagine you will find it. And also, you may have noticed that uh, um, our new logo debuted. So I've been told that that is updated in iTunes, and it's on the uh, Facebook page as well. And it's a pyramid with three things around it, identity, story, and belief, which is kind of what this show is all about. And when I release uh, the talk I gave next week as an episode, uh, some of that will make a little bit more sense. But new logo, new Facebook page, exciting things happening over here. At the uh, Pete, at the Pete Cast Studios, aka my apartment. Um, this episode is with Jeremy Bauman. Uh, really good stuff. Kind of back to um, what the first episodes were like. Talked a lot about God. Uh, heard his story, and I just really enjoyed it. I love talking to this guy. We talk a little bit about the Office at the end, if you're into that. And uh, much to the delight of many of you, this one was not recorded on the phone. So high quality audio coming your way, and. It's coming your way right now. So enjoy episode seven with Jeremy Bauman. Alrighty. Well, I'm sitting in uh, Jeremy Bauman's house. Um, you would be the third Jeremy that we've had on now. The third Jeremy. The third Jeremy and the best Jeremy. Well, there you go. No, yeah. Number one in your heart. No right? offense. Number three in your program. I'm assuming the other Jeremys don't listen to this. Well, so who I've, knows? I've said they're all my. But I know both Jeremy. of them. You oh you don't Jeremy Poland too. I, I've met him a few times. Uh, don't know him well, but no Jeremy Johnson obviously. Yeah. All from Hope. So. Oh, that's funny. Small world. Do you guys? Is there like a Jeremy club that I'm not aware of that you I, all? I can't tell you that. Oh, it's like Fight Club. It's, <laughs> In fact, you have to kill me now because I asked. Uh, yeah, you may not live this house. Okay, life, so, all right. Yeah. Copy that. Great to know. <laughs> all right, everybody. Well, um, I don't know which episode to welcome you to because I'm not sure when this is going to come out. But uh, Jeremy Bauman is here with me. You've heard him talk already. Jeremy, why don't you tell everybody uh, what you do, and then we will talk about who you are. Sure. So I actually recently just started my own company. Uh, February 1st called the 2911 group, mm -hmm. which is from Jeremiah 2911. Yeah. And, but I'm actually kind of doing the same thing. I've been with a company called Carrier Access and Clive uh, since 2002 and just became an agent or independent contractor of them. Uh, independent contractor is something, it's a term that more people relate to than agent. But, uh, but through that, so I'm with the 2911 group, started that company and Doing the exact same thing, really, in the exact same place, um, but on my own. Mm -hmm. And I'm also, we've uh, also been doing AdvoCare for a couple of years, so we're an advisor there. We, we do sell that, but more kind of on the side, but we just, that's just product we love and mm -hmm. get a bigger discount and all that. And so not necessarily out there swinging, you know, from day to day. Yeah. So. Cool. Good. But I sell, but at Carrier Access and 2011 Group, I uh, sell voice, data, IT, cloud services to businesses. Okay. Yeah. That's exciting that you get to branch out and start your own uh, deal. It is. It's um, nice being your own boss. <clears throat> yeah, you know, I thought there'd be a little more freedom, but <laughs> it's actually turned out to be. I, it just, I, I think, coincidentally, has turned into a lot more work. Uh, you know, right around that time frame, mm -hmm. which was really good. Yeah. But at the same time, it's just 
uh, almost overwhelmingly busy right yeah. now. Yeah. But yeah. being in sales, that's a good problem to have. Well, thanks for making the time to do this. Thanks for having me, Chris. It actually occurred to me just now, I was because the whole time I was thinking, how can he do this in the middle of the day? I was like, oh, that's right. He works for himself. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> luckily, no... I, luckily, my boss is a really good guy. You are the boss. That's right. So that's like, right. Well, I don't know if he's a really good guy. Yeah. We'll find out. <laughs> yeah, probably not. We're about to find out. Water slurping on the podcast becoming a regular occurrence. That's all right. Um, all right, man. So who do you believe you are? That's, uh, you know, when, when you launched this podcast and we talked about <clears throat> me coming on and you asked me and I'm like, eh, I don't know if I really want to. Yeah. And then I, I listened to um, Jeremy Poland's. I was first one. I haven't listened to the first episode yet, but I've listened to Jeremy and Perry and then part of Jeremy Johnson. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I really, I've pondered that question and heard different answers, you know, and it's, you know, my faith is, plays a a big role in my Mm -hmm. life, arguably, and hopefully the biggest, you know, that's what I, that's where I want it to be, but, but we're all sinners and we all do and say stupid things, right? Mm -hmm. But, you know, I mean, I don't, you don't, no, you, yes, you've, you've seen it. You, well, probably 2004, maybe the last <laughs> dumb thing you did, maybe yeah. you're said. Yeah. So, <laughs> 2004. Yeah. Mine is 2006. But, uh, <laughs> but no, it's, it's such a good and deep question. And being, you know, talking about the faith and how important that is to me, I heard about that. Right. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know, what, what is like the answer? Like, who am I? And, you know, I, I told you I started listening to Jeremy Johnson's podcast, and mm-hmm. he actually answered it in the way that I was planning to. And so I'm like, gosh, he, he said that, you know, and that, but that's, and I don't want to, I thought, well, do I change it? But no, because that's not the honest answer, you know? And so the answer Jeremy gave, then I'll give to is um, a child of God. Mm-hmm. And it's when I, when I really asked myself that question, um, that was immediately the first thing that came and I'm like, I'm just going to keep pondering this and praying about it. And it just kept coming, you know, and that term has really resonated with me since, you know, there's a, there's a song called no longer slaves by, um, Mm -hmm. Bethel. And I absolutely love that. I love that song. And it keeps repeating in the chorus. Um, I'm no longer slave. Uh, I'm a child of God. Mm -hmm. And, that just has completely resonated with me, you know, um, since I, since that song came out, since yeah. I listened to it and I, I play guitar at Hope. And so we, I played that a number of times, mm-hmm. but it's, I, I hope, and, and I want that to be the case in every part of my life, mm-hmm. you know, which is why, uh, I mentioned the 2911 group being from Jeremiah 2011 mm-hmm. is, you know, it's easy to be a believer. Is that the, I have plans for you. To yep. Yep. The Lord one? Okay. Yep. Um, for the, no, uh, for another plans I made for you declares the Lord, um, plans to give you, uh, and I'm, I'm botching the own verse that my company is made up <laughs> of, um, plans to give you hope in the future. Yeah. Um, but it's, and that's really one of the angle I would take with my customers is to give them a future, you know, even from a yeah, technology absolutely. standpoint, right? Um, that verse, you know, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, mm-hmm. but to give you hope in the future. There we got it. Yep. And uh, nailed it, yeah, as Chris nailed, Petrick would say. Nailed it. <laughs> but, you know, oh, it's my, easy the to... professors are so bad, I couldn't... Mine, <laughs> like, well, too. I'm like, my own, my own company is based on that verse, and there I just, you know, watched it. So, but it's, you know, it's easy to be a believer or to be a Christian on Sunday, um, you know, but it's... 
it's challenging, you know, to, to be that person, that same person, whether you're out having coffee with a buddy or, um, at work, especially in the workplace. Mm-hmm. And, but, but circling back to the child God, that's where I want to be. That shouldn't change ever. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, whereas, you know, I'm also, you know, a dad and a husband and that role stays the same, but at, when I'm at work, you know, I'm playing the role of business owner slash, you know, sales dude, mm-hmm. whatever. Um, but that child of God hopefully encompasses me wherever I'm at. Yeah, yeah. And and I want that to resonate in a positive way. Did you, so let's talk about, were you always like a, uh, I don't want to say church person because that sounds terrible. I know what you but mean. But you know what I mean when yeah, I say that. No, no, I wasn't. Um, you know, I grew up. In uh, Norwalk and grew up going the to... The epicenter uh, of progressive culture. That's that. right. That's right. Um, grew up there going to Lutheran Church. And my, my parents were really involved, especially my dad. He was... What, for, what variety of Lutheran was it? Uh, ELCA. Oh, ELCA. Yep, so same as Hope. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, I grew up LCMS. Okay. That's why I asked you. Gotcha. Only Lutherans would ask that. That's question. right. I know, I know. Very <laughs> true. Yeah. Um, but it was... it. The pastor there was great. I have, you know, friends from there and they, but it just, I went kind of cause I had to, mm-hmm. and I just kind of, uh, just went through the motions, um, and kind of believed, but didn't really live my life necessarily yeah. like that. And went to Iowa state and my freshman year, a couple weeks after school started, my, my grandma died and a good friend of mine, uh, committed suicide on the same day. Oh, so that was, that was tough, needless mm-hmm. to say. And that really made me question things like, you know, why would, if there's a God, why would he allow those things to Absolutely. happen? You know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I really questioned it and I, I put it aside and I, I went to church. I became a woman tumor, you know, I went, mm-hmm. went to church on Christmas Eve and Easter. A woman tumor. There you go. I, that's a, that's fantastic. Yeah, I've I'll, never heard of it like write that. that. I'm going to trademark that. I'm so. gonna, oh, you are? Yep. Okay. Yep. I'll, you can pay me royalty. That's that, okay. that might be the title of the episode. There you go. <laughs> but uh, so I, I went through college um, not really caring. Um, mm-hmm. And then ironically, my grandpa died in 99. So college, I started out of state in 95. I'm dating myself now. I'm 39 years old. 99, um, my grandpa died. And it kind of got me thinking of it maybe in a little more positive light. And I don't know why. And then I met Teresa, my wife. Um, Shortly after that, she grew up very Catholic, very into the church, um, and that really, God totally used her to, you know, kind of plant that seed in me yeah. um, of that becoming part of our life. Because as, you know, we got we got engaged and got married, obviously, and that was a big thing to her. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she went to, she went to a different church that I just didn't want to go to, and but she really wanted to go. So I'm like, well, if we're going to go, we're going to go somewhere I want to go, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, me just pounding my chest. Right. And, <laughs> a guy I worked with who ironically, his dad is a Methodist minister said, you should check out hope. They have bands and da da da. Mm-hmm. And this is back in 0102. And so I went to hope, you know, and, and how big was it at that point? Uh, I don't know, but the, it was, the, the bridge or the, the place they don't have worship today is half yeah. the size. The chapel wasn't there. We came on before, shortly before they started doing the fundraising for the chapel and the gym and all that. Okay. So that was, that was pretty early. Yeah. On. Yeah. And, 
you know, there's band playing and it felt like a fish concert because it just like went from one song to the other to the other. I'm like, how did we get here? You yeah, know? Yeah. Ironically, I proposed to my wife at a fish concert, so I was an avid <laughs> fan. Oh, man. Um, You're going to hear that story. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, people are clapping. I'm like, you can't clap in church. That's not allowed, you know? You I mean, grew up old school That's Lutheran, right. Like I, I did. grew up in a very small Lutheran church. Look, it's, it's, I'll never forget ever in my life those moments sitting in like traditional Lutheran services and somebody would come sing and then no one claps. Yeah. And we're all just like... Oh, yeah. Yeah, we clapped at the church growing up. I mean, it was seemed like maybe once a year and it was like something really big happened, you know, I don't know what it, what it was, but it was like, a, it was a rarity. If something clapped, somebody clapped, you're like, whoa, something. Something went like, down. Man. Oh yeah. I mean, like we just raised like $500 or something, yeah. you know I mean? I wonder why, I, I wonder that. where that comes from. I'm curious to know why we, we think we can... And it's such like a like a standard Lutheran, like it really is like a standard Lutheran joke. Like it's okay to clap everybody. Like they still say it. At home yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. Oh, I know. I know. Let's. Uh, I want to. I want to backtrack you a little bit and talk about because I think that. Um, so you said something about uh, you have a friend and, and a grandparent. Your grandmother mm-hmm. passed away on the same day. Correct. Um, I'm curious what in the, in that moment because I think I've been thinking a lot about this lately. So it's interesting that it comes up this way which seems to keep happening, uh, but that those, I think everybody has a moment, you know, wherein they kind of, and it's almost like it has to be a part of your journey. There's a moment where we all go, um, either one, I really need God to exist or two, um, we decide, well, God, I can't believe in a God that would allow this to happen. Mm-hmm. And there's almost like it there in everybody I talk to, there's almost always like a falling off, a falling away, something that made you wonder that made you try and go without and then a, a returning, which is very, that's biblical. I mean, obviously there's a lot of that in the Bible, but um, can you just talk about like what, tell, tell me more about what you were thinking about or how your relationship with God changed or stopped existing even in that moment or in, or in, the, in the weeks that followed that moment. Yeah, you know, I, uh, I remember my roommate at the time, you know, after that happened, I remember talking to him about it and he was, you know, uh, I think a believer somewhat at the time and you know, it was, uh, this actually my college roommate not too long after that and questioning that to him. And, you know, he's like, no, I think there's a God and I'm like, well, then why does this stuff happen? You know? And, yeah. and, and it's a question that, how do you answer? Yeah. It's no matter where your faith is, mm-hmm. you don't know the answer to those mm-hmm. things. You know, even if you're, uh, Richard Rohr, and I just wanted to throw Richard Rohr reference in there. I I haven't read anything by him yet, but I just had to throw that in for there. For once, you know? I was not the one to make the reference. Let the record show. Or even if you're Richard Webb, for that matter. Um, <laughs> I want to get him on too. Yeah, yeah um, he'd be awesome. But it's it it. I, I thought about it, but then I just discarded it because I'm like, whatever. I just mm-hmm. don't care. Yeah, was kind of my stance back then. Okay. Um, yeah, I, that's the biggest question that any it's theodicy is what that's called the 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 uh, i don't know if you knew that or not i don't mean to insult you um, i didn't you uh, just made up that word didn't you? i did uh, <laughs> um theodicy is what that's that's called it's, it's a whole vein of theology wherein you uh basically explain the existence of evil why bad things happen at all um and every major theological like uh what do I want to, like stance or whatever like train of thought you're in like eventually it has to come up against that question and i have yet to find one that I really am like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Like, you know, yeah. and I, as somebody that <clears throat> I think uh, has done this both like academically and then as just like a person experiencing um, God and going to church and stuff, like it is difficult to 
justify sort of all the bad things we see in the world, you know? Yeah, and it's, you know, uh, right now we're going through, Teresa and I are going through a class called CORE at Mm -hmm. home, and we had a retreat, you know, a few weeks back, and part of that is you're plotting out a life map of uh, important events or people, you know, that that you've encountered or things that have occurred throughout your life, good or bad. Mm-hmm. And you know they're all color coded, and what's good, you know, I didn't have a lot of really bad events, yeah. you know, that that I that I put up there, which is great. But what was what was really neat to see, all of those uh, bad events, God totally used for good. Yeah, you know, later on, mm-hmm. the stuff I didn't see at the time, but like turn, you know. Um, yes, mm-hmm. because I, I'm a big believer in, and it's in the scriptures, right? That God can use everything for good mm-hmm. and has, you know, even, you know, probably the toughest thing I went through in my life was my dad passing away, yeah. um, almost five years ago. And it's, you know, God has used that to really, I mean, do so many different things, but to reach out to people who's, um, you know, specifically like their dad dies, their mom dies, or just people going through things because, I think as, uh, you know, as someone whose parent hasn't died, like mm-hmm. myself included prior to this, I thought, oh, your mom died, your dad died. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. But that's just a circle of life. Mm-hmm. You know, sorry, sorry. Have a great day. Yeah. You know, and people just think it's just supposed to happen and there's not supposed to be really any hardship over that. And it's just not that way at yeah. all. But yeah. you don't really realize that until you go through it. And it gets you, it gives you the opportunity to say what I believe to be some of the, most, the two most powerful words somebody can say, which is me too. Yeah. Somebody sits and goes, I'm feeling all this stuff. I yep. I don't know how I'm going to, you know, I don't know how to go on. I don't know how to do life without yeah. them. I don't know how to go. Me too. Yeah. I felt that too. Yeah. When I was going through, after I got back from, and this is stuff you kind of know about. Um, when I was coming, after I came back from the Middle East and was having all the troubles I was having, the best things I ever heard people say were, I felt that way too. I do feel that way now. Um, I'm with you. And I think, I love that you said that about, you, you're able to look back and see now how those things uh, God worked them into good things. But I think you and I both agree, like where it sometimes gets lost is that people come in and they think when we say to them, Hey, God really does take all these things and he works them into good things and and he can repurpose and recreate. And, and, uh, the language I've been thinking about lately is resurrection. He can resurrect those things and make them work all for, you know, the redemption that the creation is on. I'm really trying not to preach at you. I'm sorry. No, Uh, no, I'm good for man. You're good. But, People then think, uh, I, I believe that people then start to think like, well, nothing bad will ever happen to me again. <laughs> you know, it's like, well, that's not how this works. And that's not what right. I said. Bad things, until Jesus comes back, bad things are going to happen. Yep. I, again, why? I don't know. Yeah. That's the way it is. But I, I can trust that, you know, those things will, some will I'll one day understand them. Yeah. You know? And it's, even with my dad, you know, he went through cancer and, and it was, he was an awful pain and all that. And it was really tough, but it's, um, you know, back when I was in high school or college, that would have shaken any faith that I had yeah. would have totally shaken it. And I'd have discarded it like I did with my grandma mm-hmm. and, and my friend, but it didn't, you know? Mm-hmm. And, but it's, like I said, it's just, it's enabled me to, uh, reach out to people that are going through stuff, you know, even if not that, but just to show up, mm-hmm. you know, because it's just, everybody's going through something. You know, I, I've heard someone say you're either everybody's either in a crisis coming out of a crisis or going to be going into a crisis. Yeah. 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 And to be able to show up, um, I remember when you came back from Afghanistan getting together down at at exile and I just Mm -hmm. wanted to, you know, I know it's been a rough time for you and just wanted to to be there. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that's, um, 
what we're called to do is yeah. just show up. Yeah. I think, and tell me if, if this is something that you've struggled with too. I have to fight the urge often to try and fix it for people, you know, cause I, and I've realized lately that that's because I am a paramedic and that's what I've always done. I, sh- I show up, I'm supposed to make you better. Mm-hmm. And so it's hard for me to learn in, in times of <clears throat> crisis or in times of tragedy when I'm trying to be there for people that I, this isn't something I can fix, you know? Yeah. I don't know if that's a male thing or it, just a person thing or, you know, there's the, so, you know, guys want to fix it and girls just want to talk about it, mm-hmm. you know? And, and, but it's, that's where it's kind of, as a husband, you know, if my wife has some kind of challenge or something, I want to say, well, do this or do mm-hmm. this or think about, you know, and yeah. she's like, I just want to talk about it. I just, just want you to listen. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I, my listening skills have improved greatly, you know, mm-hmm. and what's mm-hmm. funny, I'm actually more comfortable people talking to me rather than me talking. So this is somewhat uncomfortable for me being the, <laughs> being the main speaker, you know, but, um, don't say that. Cause then I'll just start talking. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody needs that. But it's, but yeah, as I think guys, generally we want to fix things. You have a problem. I want to fix it. Or I have a problem. I want you to fix it. And if I'm, if I'm telling someone that's cause I want them to fix it mm-hmm. 99% of the time, probably. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. I, I do want, um, I think I did want somebody to become, even though I knew the things that I was dealing with, there wasn't a quick answer to. You really wanted there to be one, you know, something that would just make everything better, make everything okay. It just doesn't happen. I've only recently started to understand kind of in the same way you were talking about what all that time was for, um, what I'm supposed to be doing with right. that, that, that moment that I look at and say, and I've said this previously in the podcast, but the moment like there, there will be the time before this and the time after this. And I've just recently started putting all that together, you know, yeah. and that was, I don't know what, three years ago, four years ago almost now. Um, but it takes all that time to let everything settle in. It's part of the reason I do this. Cause this just felt like the culmination of all those things and sitting and talking with people. And somebody told me just yesterday after listening to the Jeremy Johnson episode, they went, um, they texted me and said, I, I really love listening to these because this, this made me so happy. I could stop doing it now because some this is this has happened and it makes me so happy. She said, and it, when I listen to them, it helps me so much to realize that I'm not alone. And Absolutely. Boy, man, I was like, that's it. We're done. Yeah. That's all I need to do, yeah. you know? Um, that's what I think is so great about this. It's yeah. Just, and people sitting and talking about, here's the thing I went through. Yeah. Um, and like I said before, that message of, hey, us too. Me too. I've been there. I've, I've done that. We're yeah. all going to make it. We're all in this together. Yeah, it, it's people that are going through things, you know, when you're going through it, you're like, yeah, there's no good that's going to come out of this, you know? And that's, I think that's just human nature. But, and I will, if I were going through something cruddy right now, I'd Mm -hmm. be saying, yeah, it's just nothing good. But, but I know that whatever that is, I am confident I'll be able to look back, you know, maybe, uh, let's say it happens today in a month, two months, a year, whatever that is and see, man, God's really used that for good and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm able to do X, Y, Z because of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, it, it's a good place to be because you don't want, then it didn't happen for nothing. Yeah. And that's kind of, I don't want to say, oh, well, my dad died great. Now I can reach out to me. That's not right. why he died, you know, but it's, um, but it's, again, God's just used that so that there is good that can come out of it mm-hmm. regardless of what those situations are. And don't you think that, um, we have to, again, when, when in the midst of going through something like that, it's not helpful to have people come in and say, hey, God will make this all good eventually. Uh, yeah. Christianese, you yeah. know, say, yeah, I mean, just, 
here's a Bible verse. Think about that, you know, yeah. or just say. Can I quote that verse, that freaking verse from Romans that I can't, I never want to hear yeah. again, which is the, yeah. like, God breaks all things for the good. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. I believe that's true, but right now that's not how Yeah, that is not how you can be there for someone. Exactly. Is, is, is throwing mm-hmm. that out there or. Well, that's trying to fix it, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And, and people, I think, you know, want things fixed. Um, but it's that kind of cheapens it a little bit or yeah. minimizes the cheapens situation the by just saying, if you read this Bible verse, then you'll be fine. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's not, it's just, respect it's not that easy. Right? The weight of it, the, right. the, uh, what it actually is and right. how heavy it is. And, yeah. Um, I think, yeah, we, then, then to, to hope for real significant transformation, real change, resurrection out of those things, like without really owning them. Um, that's why people don't, you know, uh, when, when people do that, they go, okay, well, I guess, you know, everything will be right. Then they never deal with the actual tragedy. It's like the, those things just come back or they never go away. Yeah. But then you end up dealing with them, you know, way down the road. Yeah. Um, and it's that much harder than, you know, yeah. I think. Um, so we go to college at Iowa State. You're done with college. Um, your wife is was Catholic. I don't know that I knew that. Um, my girlfriend is also Catholic. Okay. Um, <laughs> Was it difficult? Was that? Did, were you married Catholic? Did you get? We got married in a Catholic church. Did you yes. have to? Did you become Catholic for that? No, I did not become Catholic. This is my own stupid <clears throat> thing. I'm curious about. Yeah, so. it, no, it, I did not become Catholic. We went through the uh, pre-marriage counseling and AIM because she was still at Iowa State, uh-huh. um, and so did we you guys went to in college. Yep, Sorry. yep. Okay. Met the last semester, which that's a whole other story. But uh, but yeah, we went through the pre-marriage counseling in Ames. And was with a priest, and and it was uh, however many weeks. But part of it was they wanted me to actually sign something saying that I would do everything in my power to raise my kids Catholic. And I said, I I can't because Mm -hmm. uh, I wasn't really a believer still then. But I'm like, you know, uh, I said Christian, yeah, Mm -hmm. you know. But I I just, there are things, um, I I just thought, yeah, I can, I can, like raising them Christian, but not Catholic, mm-hmm. you know, and eventually they said, okay, you know, that yeah. will do, you know, yeah. so, um, and I think, by but, the way, I think that should do, like, it should, that, that should be fine. <clears throat> yeah. And I don't want to tell me if this isn't what you're thinking, but when you said that, I was thinking like, yeah, I don't know that I'd want to sign, I might be revealing too much of myself, but I don't know that I'd want to sign something that said that specifically right. either, because I just want to be able to commit to raising them in a faith community that I think, yeah. Uh, is going to best support them and us. Yeah. And if that ends up being Catholic yeah. Church, great. Yeah. I, I have no problem with that, but I don't want to sit, right. you as the priest, I don't want to sit here and lie to you and say, oh yeah, I'll do that. Yeah. You yeah. Know, that seemed, that doesn't seem any better. Yeah, <laughs> and, and even despite my lack of faith then, you know, my stance was Jesus wasn't Catholic, he wasn't Lutheran, he wasn't Baptist, he wasn't Presbyterian, and right. so... It could have been any of those denominations. He wasn't saying, a Christian, technically. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, okay, you got to sign to raise your kids Jewish. Yeah, you know? yeah, so, yeah. I mean, there wasn't that, and so I just didn't didn't believe that. And it'd have been easy for me to just lie and say, okay, I'll sign, mm-hmm. and you know, I'll show you. But uh, that's just not how you I operate. You don't you know? want to do that. I mean, right. I just don't want to. It doesn't seem like a good way to start exactly. things out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Can I ask? Was that like a big? Um, was that a big deal with your with you and your wife that they that you weren't going to sign that or that or did she kind of understand where you were coming from with it? Um, she understood, you know, but she was really, you know, her whole family. She's one of nine, and they all grew up. She's one of nine. one of nine. Yeah. Wow. A set of twins and two adoptions in there too, and, and oldest youngest nine years apart. Yeah. So, 
Yeah, her whole family was, was Catholic, um, grew up going to Catholic school their whole lives. Um, so that was a, a big part of their faith. And um, and it's just, it, it, it was, I don't remember it that well, but I know that it was, you know, we had a lot of conversations about it. Yeah. And obviously she wanted to go to the Catholic church after we got married and I just didn't want to. And then sure. that's kind of how we sure. you know, found hope. Yeah. Um, and then she started coming along as well. Um, and she's been going to Hope too since 2002, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but ironically just became a member a few years ago, oh, really? which is funny. Yeah. That's but, funny. you know, but, but we've always gone to Hope, you know, forever. And I actually couldn't the remember involved. the other day if I was a member or not. Really? I'm like 99% because <laughs> I think I had to play, I was playing, I played for one of the member classes or something yeah. when I was working there and then I just stayed. I think I probably had to be a member to work there. I can't remember. But, I don't know. Um, my question just dropped out of my brain. That's the first time it's ever happened. Well, and what, so what's funny, you know, my, my mother-in-law who is, um, very Catholic, uh, you know, she actually, I don't know if she still does, but she was working part-time at Hope, ironically enough, in the nursery. Yeah. Just a couple hours a week and everything. So I, I, I want to say too, that I, um, and I mean this, I'm not pandering to people. I have a very big respect for people who are devoutly Catholic because Mm -hmm. you will never meet people that stick with something more than some of those like devoutly Catholic people. Mm-hmm. And like they, in a lot of ways, like, and it is important to them. Um, and they prioritize it in a way that I wish I could prioritize it. Cause like, no, I, I, we're going to church today. I have to go to church today. And I don't have that in my head. I'm like, yeah, if I make it, you know, like yeah. <laughs> I don't have that. I've met <clears throat> more than a few Catholics who do, you know? Um, so I have a lot of respect for that. And I, I said, you haven't listened to the first episode yet, but we talked about Catholicism quite a bit. And I said, you know, there must be something there. Because if there wasn't something there, it wouldn't still be around. Yeah. And there wouldn't be so many people that yeah. do it and really devoutly believe in it. You know? Yeah, absolutely. There, you know, I, I've learned obviously a lot about the, the Catholic faith, you know, since I've been married. And um, it's, you're either all in or you're all out, yeah. you know. Yeah. And uh, if you're all in, I mean, you're, you're there every week. There's no if sayings or buts, I mean, mm-hmm. you're there, you know, and they, and I re- respect that obviously. And, and the traditions and, and, you know, we've taken that, you know, when, with, with hope, I mean, if it's, if we met, I mean, we might miss like once a year or something. I'm like, Oh mm-hmm. gosh, we missed her, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it's, um, Teresa's really been awesome about that because that's how she grew up, you know, yeah. and even I grew up having to go because yeah. I lived across the street, right? My parents were, were really in, involved there. But oh, you lived across the street. Across the street. Yeah. So I didn't, you know, so I didn't even walk there, right? So mm-hmm. it... Uh, there really no reason not to. Exactly. Yeah. Although I remember my stomach hurting when I was a kid, you know, at least that's what I told my parents. Wait, my stomach hurts. I can't go to church, yeah. you know, but then we compromised and I went to church. <laughs> we reached an agreement for both parties where and I just did it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I said to somebody once, this is more just a joke than it is anything. But I, I, I had the same thought. I had this thought when I was watching The Hunger Games. I watched The Hunger Games, the, like, like the first one, and then I stopped yeah. watching it. Because I didn't read the books. And I was just watching going like, I have no idea what's going on. And I told someone, I was like, that movie's like Catholicism if you're not Catholic. <laughs> like, you go in and you're like, what are we doing? I don't know what yeah. everyone's doing. Who's yeah. that guy? What's happening? Yeah. Like, Why am I kneeling, standing up, kneeling And the again? Hunger Games are going, well, this isn't for you if you didn't yeah. read the books, yeah. you know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't know why. You didn't, you didn't read the manual when you walked in I the d- Catholic I church? I didn't. Um, that's, I, it, I just thought that was funny. I was, I was watching it just go, my mouth agape, like, no clue what's happening yeah. right now. Yeah. Um, I don't quite have that feeling with Catholic masses anymore because right. I've gone to quite a few of them now. But yeah, um, and we're all you know again. I I hope is obviously Lutheran, but you know, I, 
it's kind of you'd never know other than the name on the door and then the pastors might cringe if they heard that you know but because yeah. i know you know biblical teachings and and uh and all in, in aligns with the Lutheran theology, but it's, but I like that it's just, it's not like you have to be Lutheran, you know, they welcome anybody, you know, mm-hmm. and that's, and that's how I think the church of Jesus Christ is supposed to be, right? Yeah. And it doesn't matter whether you're Lutheran or Catholic or Baptist or whatever mm-hmm. it is, it's, we're all one family. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with that. Um, that they might cringe a little, and I know a couple yeah. of now, now we're both going to be in trouble. Yeah, they're listening like, oh, why did he say that? <laughs> Sorry. I just got Mike to agree to do this. Now he's going to really? tell awesome. me, yeah, maybe I shouldn't have revealed that, but uh, <laughs> that was like the most casual announcement of that ever, like, hey, I'm just going to uh, do it. Yeah, no big, no big deal. Just, uh, <laughs> no great, big, great evangelist. No and, big deal. Yeah. yeah. Um, Leader of a three million member church. <laughs> three million member. Plus or minus. I would I would like to hear you tell the proposing at a fish concert. So, I uh, Teresa and I were were both fake. Well, me especially big fish fans, and um, she got for our one year anniversary. She got us tickets to fish in the United Center, or I'm sorry, Target Center up in Minneapolis. And so I actually I reached out to the band management just to see if I could like get on stage and propose. I mean, the whole oh, night or yeah, something, cool. you know. Um, but of course they said no. And, uh, <laughs> so we go up and I've got this ring on me, you know, the whole weekend in Minneapolis there and trying to, you know, keep it hidden. And, and I'm like, I don't really want to put it in my pocket when we're going in the box. I didn't want to take it out of the box. We don't have this big, you know, ring box sticking out of my pocket. walk around. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So I kind of hit in the trunk of my car and I'm like, Oh, hold on. I forgot something. And you know, whatever through my pocket. Then we get up into the target center and there's security and they're patting people down. This is even pre 9 11, you know? Um, and I'm like, uh oh, this is not gonna go well, you know? And I have my inhaler, I actually have asthma too, so I have my inhaler in my pocket and they're patting me down. I'm like, please don't find it, please don't find it. And he had it, like, he's like, what's that? I'm like, oh, that's my inhaler. He's like, okay. Oh. <laughs> so, so we go in there and there's no, Fish has a gazillion songs and you never know what they're going to play, yeah. you know? So, uh, but the song that I proposed to was Sample in a Jar, which is one of my favorite fish songs. And I, I wish I had a jar just to put the ring in mm-hmm. here, oh, you know? And yeah, so, yeah, so proposed. What's out of your pocket? Oh, it's just an empty jar. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, now you would be labeled a terrorist for that. that sure. Yeah, you yeah. an empty jar. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> is it really empty? So, so yeah, that's the, uh, that's the story. I wish I could say it was on stage, Chris, but. Uh, you could have, and nobody would have known. I, that's true. Well, my wife. Your wife. Have, and a few other yeah. people that are. How how paranoid were you that you were gonna lose the ring when you took it out of the box? Oh, I'm, I'm feeling nervous for you. Yeah, right yeah. Like, it was. Well, it's it's dark. Everybody's dancing around, you know. Oh my gosh, and it's I like I'm holding on to this thing for dear life, and I, you know, get on one knee and and propose, and and uh, yeah. Luckily, the I didn't drop the ring. She didn't lose it, and still has it to this day. Thank, so thank yeah. God. Winner, winner, chicken. Dinner. I was seriously the whole time you're telling them like, oh my gosh, what if yeah. you lost it? Like I'm so it, nervous. It fell down the balcony, and some guy down there found it and brought it up. <laughs> There's a couple ways you could have just made that. Uh, Absolutely. You just improved it. Yeah, yeah. I know. Good notes. I'll, I'll, I'll think about that. Yeah, punch that up. The next yeah. Time. I have a buddy who he uh, he got, he just kind of mangled his leg when he was a teenager. Um, got something with a boat. The propeller got his leg, but he tells people it's a shark attack because that's much more exciting. Yeah. A propeller, you know, kind of shoot at my leg. So. And it looks like a shark attack, too. I, lo- I love that. That's fantastic. Um, so let's talk about... Your answer was child of God, and then you said uh, something that I think is worth us discussing, which is that the no longer a slave to fear uh, resonated with you. Um, just talk to me about what resonates with you about that, why that's something that uh, stands out to you that 
that line? Um, you know, the, the, uh, the child of God part really, really does. Um, but it's that song, the repetitive nature of mm-hmm. no longer slave to fear and I am a child of God. It just, um, you don't, not that I'm perfect and not that I never worry or, or, you know, I'm afraid or whatever, but it's, but you don't have to. And when you, when you're relying on God and, and not that everything you know and everybody else knows, just because you're a Christian doesn't make your life perfect. Right. You still have the same, yeah. you know, cruddy things that happen to you. But you don't have to be afraid because you know that in some way, shape, or form, God has it taken care of. Mm-hmm. At least, and that's that's what I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it, that I just love that the tune, the uh, the energy that comes from that song, and just uh, again that that I am a child of God mm-hmm. part. You know, it's just a it's just a reminder because I think that it, it's it's easy to get caught up in church or, or your faith is not that, or not that it's not that, but it's focused on other things. And that's really the, that's the core. Um, that's the commonality amongst all of us. Again, go back to the denominational thing. We're all a child of God, Mm -hmm. you know, and whether you're what denomination you are, whether, whether you're Catholic Baptist, whatever, he loves us all the same, Yeah, Mm -hmm. you know? And so kind of coming back to that, it's a big, uh, big piece of, of my faith mm-hmm. and um, again where I want to be yeah. I want to be living in that yeah. and um, Let, showing let's, that let's connect I, I have the I think I have the connective tissue to put together the two, some, some ideas here which is that um, we are not we were talking earlier about God taking all these things your father's death uh, my time in Afghanistan it's the struggles we've dealt with uh, the struggles we all deal with and being able to um, work them into things that end up being good. We see the value in them. Um, I think that's why we don't have to be afraid of anything, mm-hmm. right? Like, so we say to people, um, you know, don't worry. We don't have to worry. God's got that taken care of. You know what? You're still allowed to worry. You can yeah. worry. Please. I mean, <laughs> right. you know, but right. be concerned. Have a, have a rational concern for yep. your safety, for your yeah. health, for all those things. But also know that those things don't get to define you. They don't get to drive you. They don't get to tell you yeah. uh, how to live your life. Nothing yeah. gets to do that anymore. Yep. Um, which is why I love that song too. And when I hear that, see the part that resonates more with me is the no longer slaves to fear part because of that. Because, and I, for me personally, the standing could be, you might as well say you're, I'm no longer a slave to PTSD. I'm no longer yeah. a slave. You know, you or can anything. insert anything right. there. You're none of it. it. You're not a slave to any of that stuff. Um, because it's all going to be repurposed, transformed into something that works to on the path of redemption. Yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, which I, I cheated a little because I'm also writing a sermon at the moment, and that's a thought I had last night, but it, I feel like it all kind of connected nicely, yeah. which is, doesn't happen by accident. <laughs> I don't think it's like, oh, that thing I was thinking about, now we ended up talking about Did it. Richard Rohr have anything to do with that? He... No, actually, not for that one. Yeah. Sorry, uh, I'm looking. I'm help, trying to help you. I out. know you are, man. Um, there was some more. There's some Rob Bell. There's more Rob Bell on that one than there was. I, I just I need to look into him a little more. I've heard a little bit about him. I said some controversial things a few years ago, you yeah. know. But I've heard he's pretty interesting. And yeah, uh, you'll you'll hear this eventually. But Jeremy said just briefly on the his episode. Jeremy uh, Johnson said that you know he doesn't agree with everything that Rob says, but he's provocative. Yeah. He makes you think, mm-hmm. which is really the whole <clears> point. You don't have to agree with everything he says, yeah. but he makes you think about things. Even if only to say, I disagree with that. 
at least you thought about yeah, it. You know, yeah, that's the absolutely. way I look at that. I, um, do you feel as though you're, speaking of that, do you feel as though you're pretty open to being challenged in, in things? Um, Perry and I talked a little bit about uh, that need to like uh, not be so sure of things that you're not willing to hear other ideas or be challenged by them. Especially in our faith, I think we get kind of set, you know, like... Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, challenge, I mean, you know, being a, being a Christian, mm-hmm. you know, in someone who, you know, I, I took Alpha a number of years ago, and that's really where God kind of became real to me, coming back to mm-hmm. that, um, and discovered, you know, God wants me evangelizing and sharing my faith with others, and mm-hmm. so I'm especially, I'm not always the best at doing that, you know, I mean, I, I say thing dumb things, think dumb things like everybody else, yeah. you know, um, but you know, putting yourself out there, especially from an evangelical standpoint, yeah, you're really opening yourself up to that challenge. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's just, it, it just comes with the territory. You're absolutely right. That's and there, there are things I've got a good buddy at work that, um, he has a history, um, with another religion that, you know, hurt him a little bit. And, you know, we talk about things and he challenges me and, and I challenge him, but it's just, uh, I, I know, I know where I'm going, you know, after my last breath mm-hmm. and I, I know the, the core of our faith, but, but there are things absolutely that he, that he challenges on. Mm-hmm. And that's just, and not think that's a part of, uh, as a Christian strengthening your faith too, mm-hmm. is because that, that challenge then makes you look into different things too and, and yeah. look at things from a different yeah. light and say, I totally see that, yeah. you know? And, um, I like the way you said that it's, it's, part of the job almost to go put yourself out there and, yeah. and, and be challenged by things. Yeah. If, if you never put yourself out there to those who, uh, don't know, and you're never out there talking about it, you're never going to be challenged. Mm-hmm. Right. And you know, they say you grow the most outside your comfort yeah. zone and that's certainly outside getting outside my comfort zone. Um, especially in the workplace, which is, I think where a big place God wants me having these conversations mm-hmm. and, but it's tough because yeah. especially in this, you know, Christianity just kind of gotten a black eye in the world the past really few has. years, yeah. you know, for, for various things. And, and some people have shown Chris Christianity in a black light and a, or a black eye. They've been that black eye mm-hmm. they've caught, you know, and it makes it, it's, it saddens me just yeah. because we just, I mean, yeah, the, the unfortunate thing is, and I agree with that. The unfortunate part of it is we deserve some of it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it, that That's the, the, the part that I've struggled with. Yeah. And I even shied away. I've always believed that God exists, but I shied away in the last couple of years of saying, calling myself a Christian. I would say that I was really? a follower of Jesus, I would say, but I just, and I was still bringing the same message, doing all that stuff. But I just realized that when I, some, in some situations when I would say that the, Bag, the amount of baggage that came with the word Christian yeah. by itself was enough for people to stop listening. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, if that's keeping you from, from us having this conversation, then I won't say that. And mm-hmm. we can still talk and we can, I can still, uh, I, I, I'll hear you and maybe you'll hear me a little better yeah. if I don't say, I'm, I'm a Christian and I'm here. Because I think people just, they have these like flashes of people knocking on their doors in suits going like, do you have time for me to well, tell you about... And you look at the people that make the news, the like the Westboro Baptist Church in Kansas, they're out picketing um, funerals of soldiers yeah. who have died in war and stuff like that. And they're, they're saying God hates this person and that person. That's just not true, mm-hmm. you know? And, but people who A, don't know any better or B, who have been had a bad experience in the church, they just think, 
well, they're a church, yeah. then that's just how Christianity is, and it's just not. It's if, just if you if you had a bad experience with the church one time, and then you click on the news and you see them doing that, you go, "See, I told you, that's yeah. what they're all like." That yeah. you know, that's the way. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. True. It's like, and, and the problem is that you know, you and I. I mean, we have this platform, but you and I will never be on the news. We'll never, CNN is never going to call you for your opinion. They're never going to call Mike or Jeremy Johnson for their opinion about something. You know why? Because they're not super, super left-wing, and they're not super, super... They're not at the extreme end of either spectrum. Yeah, they're not crazy. They're so. not... Yeah. That is... Yeah. You know what? That's way better put. Yeah. They're not crazy, and that's not entertaining. Exactly. You know? Um I wanted to take a drink of water at the same time as you. Then okay. Like, oh, why don't, why don't I talk, Chris, while you take your drink of water? Thank you. You're welcome. Well done. Nice <laughs> teamwork, man. Um, so you go to Alpha, which for the, anybody listening that doesn't, or you went to Alpha, which for anybody listening that doesn't know what that is, it's kind of the... Um, Christianity 101. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basics of, here's the stuff we believe, you know. Um, and you said that's where God became real for you. Yeah. Which, which is interesting to me. Um, what do you think changed in that class about the way you thought about God or about Jesus that made it more real. Yeah. So, you know, went through Alpha and, and again, it's just talking, it's who is Jesus? Why did he die? Is the Bible real? You know, I mean, all these things that are really, I, I say whether you're new to Christianity, never walked in the door of a church before, or whether you're the Pope, there's something there for you, mm-hmm. you know? And so I, I took that and Alpha was, was awesome. I grew and then uh, came to, and we actually couldn't, there's the, uh, probably about two weeks before it's over, it's a 10 week-ish mm-hmm. class. There's, they call it the Holy Spirit Retreat and it's a Friday night and an all day Saturday where we slaughter a lamb and drink its blood. Just totally kidding. <laughs> totally kidding. <laughs> nothing, no, they don't lock you in the church. You know, nothing weird happens there. But, uh, <laughs> But I but paid I, for some of those. I yeah. missed that part. <laughs> well, it was before you got there. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, we do all that before the band comes. But <laughs> um, so we couldn't actually go to the retreat when we were taking Alpha. So we had to take in the next session, and we went. I'll never forget. It was at the Arboretum up in Boone, and this was I think in two thousand three ish, and you know not a ton of people, hundred people, something like that. But I remember going up there, and Pastor Mike was was doing it. Did a you know Q and A ask all sorts of questions in the world you want and then uh, and he answers them and then the next day go through and more talks do communion he kind of shares his story and took communion and that's I, I i can remember clear as day just you know standing up there and then going and taking communion and that's where you know it's a holy spirit retreat and that's where i think i, I felt the, the holy spirit inside of me kind of fire up it, i think it, it's in everybody right mm-hmm. and it's kind of that pastor mike sees that pilot light yeah. analogy yeah um, and it's got to turn on, right? Mm-hmm. And that's where I felt God's presence. Um, that's where everything just became real and apparent to me. How old you know? were you at this point, can I ask? This was 0203, so, you know, 25-ish, yeah, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. something like that. And for somebody, if I may, what's, it, what's interesting about that for me is that for somebody who grew up in the church, it sounds like, it didn't all kind of become a real thing until even that yeah. point. You know? Going to church, yeah, growing up was just something I had to do. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, and, and it don't have any remember the pastor was great, but I have no memories of like this happening or that happening or really believing much of anything. Just mm-hmm. just going through the motions. Yeah. But this retreat is what completely changed my life forever. Yeah. You know? And God uses those uh, retreat, he used the the people 
you know, he certainly put Teresa in my life to get me on that path because if that had not happened, I wouldn't have even been thinking about, yeah. hey, let's go to church or whatever. But it's, and what's funny, plotting out that life map, you know, we talk about impactful people and events and, and I kind of put um, the Hope staff because there's been so many people that have had a, a positive influence there and that God has used in so many different ways, whether preachers, musicians, mm-hmm. um, just volunteer, you know, I mean, just anybody, you know, it's just God uses all sorts of those things to to connect to you and to allow you to connect to Him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Um, it's it's so interesting to me in talking and having these conversations with people. It seems like for a lot of us, uh, God doesn't really become a real thing that we let change our lives until like adulthood. I I, I haven't run into a ton of people that. Or, well, maybe I just haven't talked to them yet. But a lot of the people, a lot of the people that I've talked to so far for the show have said, like, yeah, I, you know, I went to, there's a lot of that. I went to church. I didn't really think about it. I didn't really care. I did it. And even for me, like, I went, uh, church has always been a part of my life, always. Um, and I thought I knew a lot about it. I studied it in college. I thought I, I thought I knew. And then it's only in the last couple of years that it's really become something that I'm like, oh, but this really is something that changes everything. Like, it should change how you think about everything. And that hasn't happened, but as an adult, you know, as yeah. I've gotten older and yeah. had more experiences. And I'm not saying you can't appreciate it early in life, but you certainly can. I'm not trying to suggest that, but um, I think it will resonate with people that listen that, you know what, if you're sitting at home listening to this and you're going, boy, I listen to them talk about this and I just, I just don't feel that yet. You're going to, just, yeah. you know, give, give it, give it a while. You're going to, you know, I, I, I always, not always, but sometimes I think about what if, what if I really believed my whole life, you know, in high school and in college? And what if I not just believed, but lived my life that way? Because a lot of people believe, but don't live their life. We're all sinners, you know yeah, I mean? Yeah. Not not judging or anything like Again, that. Again, I'm not. But yeah, you, right, yeah. you aren't. Yeah, yeah you yeah. converted from, you know, non... <laughs> yeah. So, but it's, but I think about that once in a while, like how would my life have been different? And how do young people get that faith or how do they... You know, when why didn't that happen to me? You know, like, um, I don't know if you know Ryan Tunick or do. Echo. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know him well. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, he seems, you know, I, I've seen him talk at Hope. Um, I think he's in college yeah. now. And I've seen him sing and rap. And and the things that he says and posts on Facebook is like, man, if I were even like a fraction of that when I was that age, how would my life be different right now? Yeah. And I'm just, I love that. He is so seems to be so strong in his faith at yeah. this early of an age. I'm like, man, God's just gonna do yeah awesome things. That for is him. a really good counterpoint to what I was saying. Like, yeah. there, there but are there's not like many. That. Yeah, but there's not very many. It's it's so rare that it stands out to both of us. I think you're like, whoa, look at that, you know? Yeah. Um, and even oh my gosh, even as somebody who you know, I growing up, I did all those things too, and I've been worshiping since I was in high school. But I just I just don't think I let it change. I really, really let it in and believed uh, that it could be life-changing. And the thing that I want to challenge people with now anymore um, is that, you know, I'm, I'm going to tell you some truth and really believe it. And a lot of people will just kind of go, oh, okay. And I, go, I, and I want to say to them, no, don't nod your head politely at me. Like, just even for a second, really let this be true. And think about what would happen if it was true. Mm-hmm. Not that, oh, that's a, that's a good story. Or even the way I want to look at the Bible sometimes, which is that like, yeah, all that stuff, it happens. I see, we talked about that. It happens. There's parallels between the journeys that we all go on and the stuff that happens in the Bible. But think about for just a minute, if Jesus really died and three days later, he really, really wasn't dead. If that really happened, 
It should change the way you think about everything. Mm-hmm. And again, people will just kind of go, yeah, I've gone to church. I, I go to Easter. I get it. I want to go, no, you you're, you're not hearing it. me. Yeah. Just let it in for a minute. Yeah. If, if you do, you get, I, if Jeremy Pohn pointed out to me, I was, uh, I meet with him quite frequently and we talk about this stuff. And he's, I want to be invited to that. You are, you are invited so to it. Yeah. He seemed like a cool dude. Um, and he said to me, I started talking. I kind of said a lot of what I just said to you, which is my pitch. My Jesus pitch now is something like that. But he's like, your voice changes when you talk about stuff like that. And I said, it should, man. Like that, that's how big of a deal this yeah. should be yeah. to people. Not just, I go on, uh, to Easter and it's a nice service and hope they do a lot of cool stuff over there. And then I go home and I have a ham and I fall asleep. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I mean, just like you say, I went to Applebee's and I had a hamburger. Well, that's real exciting, you know? Yeah, yeah, just, yeah. yeah, absolutely. It's yeah. just, and even I'm like, you can't see me. I'm sitting up kind of on the edge of my church. because I get really excited and passionate about this topic because circling back to the evangelism thing, it's like, I just want people to know that, yeah. you know, and to know that truth, not, not just to know it to mm-hmm. your point, but to feel it to their core. Mm-hmm. And I look for opportunities to talk about that as much as I can. Um, and I'm not, I'm not always good at it, you mm-hmm. know, and it's, I used to put a lot of pressure on myself. Like, you know, I have to save them. Right. And I have to yeah. lead them to Jesus. And if I, if they don't, then I failed. Yeah. And that's wrong, yeah. you know, and it's not, it's our job as Christians um, to plant that seed, you know, and it's God's job to save them, right? You never know what's going to resonate with people. Yeah. You, you never know. And as somebody who, um, I think I put a lot of things out in the world, like writing in this podcast mm-hmm. and speaking and stuff, I know that people will listen to this and some people go, I got nothing from that one. And I'll go, okay, that happens. Yep. Or people have heard me speak and they go, no, got nothing from that. I'm like, okay, you know, something about the way I talk, it doesn't resonate with you. That's fine. But you have, that's why everybody has to bring sort of all the things that we bring yeah. because the way you talk about it is different than the way I talk about it. The story that you tell is different than the one I yeah. tell. So we have to put as many of them out there in the world as possible so that people can go find the one that makes everything click for them. Yep. You know, and but you, but you know what you, but you planted the seed, right? Yeah. And when if they, t- I didn't get anything out of that. Maybe they didn't get anything out of it that day. Mm-hmm. But then a month, a year, whatever, maybe they did. You know, there was a our first house. There was neighbors across the street that I'd invited to hope. You know, a long, long time ago, never came. And I go through periods of my life. I'm like, God, am I really making a difference here? I invite people that are just not coming. Am I just an idiot? And it was probably, gosh, a year or two after I invited them, and I'm I'm asking myself this. Mm-hmm. And I see them at Hope. I'm like, oh, my gosh. I'm like, how you guys been coming here? Like, well, it's our first time. You know, you invited us a while. I'm like, okay, all right. Yeah. I know I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah. And it's just, you know, continuing to plant that seed. There's a, there's a girl uh, that I work with that she's kind of going through some stuff and um, some medical stuff and pretty worried about it. And so I actually brought her over to hope this morning and had, you know, Richard prayed with us and everything mm-hmm. just to, and it's just, it, it kind of goes back to what Christianity is about. And that's loving people. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and showing up mm-hmm. and that's the seeds been planted there, yeah. you know? And so, um, I, I want to be okay most it's, of all, but yeah. you know, it's opportunity. God, I pray for God to open doors for me, yeah. you yeah. know, and to show me opportunities to, when I, when I pray with my, the kids at night, Show us opportunities to love you. Show us opportunities to serve you. Yeah. You know, and things like that. That That's where he wants us to be, you know. It's not being a believer um, isn't about just going to church on Sunday. I had a, heard a guy talk. It's not 
Jesus didn't die on the cross so you could go to church on Sunday or so you could be in a small group, you know. Those things are training to yeah. go out into the world Absolutely. for your mission, you know, mm-hmm. and to serve wherever you are, whether it's giving a homeless guy five bucks or just loving on people you work mm-hmm. with or whatever that is. Mm-hmm. But but that's all training for what we're supposed to do out in the world. Yeah. I, I, I like that in this conversation, too, as we've talked a lot about uh, God, we, we just I think you and I both are on the same wavelength about uh, what, what this is all about is loving people. Yeah. And I, the reason I like that and hear me here is that because people think that Christianity is all about getting people into heaven and we haven't used that language because we don't feel the need to because I want to love people the ultimate results of all that stuff is um, they have a relationship with God you know all those things happen but our job we don't make any of that stuff happen our job is to just love people show them what life with God can be like. Mm-hmm. And then what happens after that, I kind of think, is um, is all kind of God working. Yeah. You know? um, and we, so we don't do this so we can go, okay, that's another one. Got yeah, another one in. Right. You know? like, well, and I remember on, I don't remember which podcast it was, but you talked about you know things that you studied, things you're interested in, the whole going to heaven part wasn't something that you were interested in. I interesting. Yeah, yeah. Be, well, because it's pretty black and white. You know I mean? Because you know where you're going, right? And it's, the Bible's clear about that. And so there's no, there's no mystery there. Yeah. And actually the reason why, I don't know if this is interesting or not, but the reason why most of the major theologians subscribed to predestination theology is because they just didn't want to talk about it. Yeah. So the theory behind that isn't that God, or the the actual thought behind that isn't that God pre-plans everything, every single thing you do. It's that, where we know where we're going, that's been predetermined. So don't think about that and focus exactly. on what we're doing here. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I'm I'm way more about that than I am about. Let me let me tell you the good news of where you're gonna go once you die. Yeah, because track it back to what we were talking about before. Uh, your father dies, right? I come to you and say, hey, good news. When you die, and you're like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> like, like yeah. how how is yeah. that good? You know, yeah. I mean, like you know, yeah. that doesn't help me in this moment. Yeah, it's still good news, but it doesn't help me right now. Right. And one of the things that I went through in college when I was uh, writing my senior thesis was this big shift in my own thinking that I that has carried pervaded for me for the rest of my life, which is that I want us to stop. I want to think about the nowness of Christianity. I want to think about the nowness of Jesus because I don't think I myself had done that previously about the way that it changes my life right now. And that started a, ch- a train that has continued to roll all the way now almost into my thirties, um, where I still haven't put all those thoughts together, but it's certainly changed the way that I talk about God, which is always changing anyway. Yeah. But, um, it's changed the way I talk about it and think about it, the, what I tell people about it. Um, it's just, it's all different. And then after Afghanistan, after the last couple of years, I now, I was telling uh, Richard, I met with Richard the other day, the other day, it was probably like a month ago. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, you know, after um, Afghanistan and after getting diagnosed with PTSD and working through that, I said, I have something wholly different and exciting to say yeah. about who Jesus is. Yeah. And I can't wait to tell people. And I'm going to be honest with you, this is the first time in my life I've ever felt the, I can't wait to tell you the hope that I'm awesome. You know, like, and, and it, it all stems from me. Gosh, I'm talking a lot. I'm really sorry. I, I prefer it that way. <laughs> uh, I know you do. You're letting <laughs> me do it. Like, um, it all stems from this, just this feeling I've always had that we have to believe that the world is meant to be better than this. Because if it's not, when you experience, when people pass away and the feeling that we have when that happens, you'll never get better than that. Mm-hmm. You'll never, if you can't be any better than your worst day, then why bother? 
you know, why, who cares? Why keep going? Why be good to people? Why do any of it? Everybody believes that it can be better in some way, even if they don't call it God. Yeah, and I think that, you know, the... There are people that think we're just here by chance and, and that there isn't a God. How and, boring. Yeah, I mean, then that means you're just kind of taking up oxygen and you yeah. don't really have a purpose. And, and mm-hmm. you know, there's so much more there. Yeah. And But it's circling back to what you're saying with going through what you did in Afghanistan and PTSD. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, where you were compared to where you are from a faith standpoint, even a life standpoint, I'm sure is drastically different. Very different, yeah. And, you know... Going back to God can use all things for good. I don't know if you do this or thought about this, but you may be able to talk with others with mm-hmm. PTSD and to support oh, them yeah. and to mm-hmm. show up. For sure. You know, whereas going through that, you wouldn't have. Mm-hmm. And so there, there may be a gazillion people out there waiting for you. My friend, yeah, uh, my friend Jason Cramey, who I also want to have on this podcast, he's a pastor up in Minnesota. I was talking to him and um, after the diagnosis, I had called him and we were just talking about it. And he actually had said that something somewhere. He said, you know, because of the way, I don't want to sound arrogant, so I don't want to come off that way, but he said, because of the way you can speak, um, you probably have the ability to bring a message that other people won't be able to bring. Yeah. Um, and he, when he said that, it was convicting. I, I've, I've thought a lot about that and been thinking about, and this is one of the ways, about the ways to get the things that I want to talk about out into the world. Yeah. This is one of them. Well, and you're going to have so much more uh, street cred, you know, talking to those people with PTSD yeah. than, say, I would or, you know, I Joe off the, the street. The best you know? thing, again, we can say that I can say to those people uniquely the best thing that you can say to someone, me too. I was there too, man. Absolutely. I feel you. Yep. Um, and it, a lot of the time for people in the military too, it, it, no matter what you did or where you went, we have a hard time talking to other people that weren't in the military about the military. If for no other reason than we use so many acronyms that it's like a foreign language. I, I'm in telecom and yeah, we have a Is it similar? Oh, yeah. it's, it's awful. And yeah. so, you know, you know, you'd, you'd listen to, um, like when I would talk to my parents about every other, about the Navy, every other thing, they're like, what's that? What does that mean? I don't know what that's <laughs> okay. So, the, you know. <laughs> yep, that's how it goes. It's that way, man. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been, um, it's a time that is uh, tremendously exciting to, to see where all of this is headed, where, where this is going to take, I don't know what I'm doing. I and mean, even I started this, I was like, don't really know what it's for. I want to do it, you know? But think <laughs> of how many people that have been, you know, already impacted. I, I have been, and just by listening to all the others that I've listened to on this with Perry and Jeremy, um, you know, and it, it's just, it's awesome, you know, because people Thank you. just, it, everybody's insightful and open and especially I know these guys so it's a little bit different you know but it's just uh, it's very cool and it brings it brings a positive message out there and some realness to it you know especially with the people that you have like Jeremy Johnson and you'll have Pastor Mike and they'll be real Mm -hmm. you know and they're not just someone you see up on preaching on Sunday morning Mm -hmm. you know they're real people too yeah yeah I um and, and again, I, I think what's great about that is you look at these people that, and even like when Perry's on, right? And I'm sure for the people that go to Jeremy Poland's church, it's probably a, a similar thing where they looked at those people and they went, oh man, they probably have it all together. They probably, you know, I think we tend to think that about people. Yeah. And then you listen to, and you know what, to be honest with you, I think you do enough, um, lead, leading leadership things and discipleship things at Hope that people probably have that some people, there are people, probably people that have that opinion of you as well. 
And then they'll listen to this and go, oh, no, he had that period where he struggled with it, too. And I, I love that about this. You know? Well, and, and I like, you know, from, from Perry's standpoint of, you know, and I told him this, too, you know, being a worship leader at a giant church, he made himself very vulnerable. Yeah. You know, and I'm sure I'm listening to, again, Jeremy Johnson's yet, but, you know, the anxiety stuff that I think he mentioned he's talking about, he's talking about in church. And it's, I think people have the, <clears throat> they just think if you're a Christian or you're a pastor, or you're someone up on the stage at a, at a church, big church, small church, then you have it all together, right? Mm-hmm. There's no problems in your life. There's no bad things that come your way. And it's, and there, there is, mm-hmm. you know, but the difference they, is, they face all the same <clears throat> challenges that we do. And they have all the same stupid thoughts that we do. Yeah. You know, there's yeah. nothing that happens at seminary that makes you stop being a person. Yeah, you know? absolutely. I was, uh, somebody asked me, I think it was Jeremy Poole was talking to me about, um, if, if I had any feeling about going to, uh, seminary instead of going to PA school and I tell them uh, and this is very honest I said I don't at all because I think I can more effectively do things that I yep. want to do without being a pastor I think the second I say that it, it, it's kind of like saying a Christian before which is that the second you tell somebody you're a pastor all the stuff we just talked about that just floods into people's yeah. minds and Jeremy Poland has even said and he said on his episode he goes I've been trying to think of a better way to say this but for lack of a better term I'm a pastor yeah. Because of just all the stuff that it carries with it. Yeah. I don't blame it, him for that. Well, and, you know, going back to my street cred comment, it's, I think, you, people like you and I and uh, non-pastors, yeah. we got more street cred than they do. I think you're right. You know, because mm-hmm. it's, you know, they think if they're a pastor, that's their job, right? Yeah. Um, but it's, we can, we can both reach people in different ways yeah. and... Yeah, just it, it doesn't doesn't matter. Yeah, you know, but yeah. it's there's different ways to do. You that. have something to bring, you know, to to the game of value, no matter who you are, what you've been through, you know, where you're at, and with you in your relationship with God. I don't think it matters. There's always something valuable there, you know, yeah. in your story. Well, and a lot of people think too, you know, once you know they get into their faith and everything is, oh, I have to, I you know, I'm called to serve, I'm called to do this. I'm like, okay, well, that means I have to go to Africa. Or and it's like, no, you don't. Yeah, you can you don't. <laughs> serve, serve on your block. You can, mm-hmm. you know, serve in your church, serve in your communities, you know, mm-hmm. serve wherever you are. You don't have to, you know, don't have to spread your wings and fly to, yeah. Yeah. you know, Russia or whatever. And if you, I mean, if you want put your to. life on the line, let's guy calls you to that. Right. guy might yeah. say, hey, go to Syria and, you know, show love to these people that are displaced and under attack all the time and, God, I'm sure calls people to do that, you yeah. know, but they say, hey, serve in West Des Moines. I, have, I haven't Des yet Moines. felt that conviction. <laughs> I haven't either. I haven't either. Um, cool, man. Well, we're coming up on the end. It's, it goes by quickly, doesn't it? It does. It always surprises me. Um, let's do, you want to do some rapid fire an- question sure. and answers? Sure. That I keep, I, uh, that got cut from Paris. Sure. Time, um, Which you need to release that, by the way. I, sh- I really should. <clears throat> um, what is the last movie you saw? Um, watching Winter Soldier actually right now for the second time because oh, awesome. the yeah. new one is coming out and you mind. know yeah. want to see the kids. I'm seeing it tonight. I told you. All right. Civil oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm seeing it tonight. But, Can't wait. Yeah, but Star Wars, the latest one, seen that a few times here lately too. Yeah. Yeah. The kids want to watch it all the time. Or? Yep. Yep. <clears throat> the kids do. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. The kids want. Yep. It. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> you don't just sit in here. That's and right. Watch it by no. Yourself. No. Who would do that? No. Who's got time? I'm a grown man. Why would I? Nobody would do that. Uh, what was the last book you read? Are you much of a reader? Uh, I like the idea of reading, you know, I like the idea of going to Barnes and Noble and then, but then actually reading, I, you know, it's tough for me. That's not relaxing for me, but I'm reading, we're reading a book, uh, for work called the challenger sale right now, um, which isn't all that exciting. It doesn't sound all that exciting, but, uh, (laughs) but yeah, I'm 
on my list, Lead Like Jesus. Uh, there's some others on the list, but I don't know. Can't yeah, think of it. Yeah. So. I, my uh, girlfriend and I recently both started reading the same book, and we we have uh, checkpoints that we picked out that we'll talk, kind of like being in a book club, yeah. basically. But we both wanted to read more, and I can't remember if it started your mind, but I was like, we, one of us was like, well, this is probably a good way to do it, is we'll just hold each other, other's feet to the fire yeah. and say, like, hey, I'm at, I, I read it. Are you going to read it so we can yeah. talk about it? You know? I love the idea, but I just have a tough time. A few years ago, in a year's resolution to read one book a month, and I did. I made it. Wow, know? really? Yeah. For the whole year. Yeah, that's tough for me. Like my mom, she could read like a thousand page book in my like an hour. Does you know? Too. Yeah, my mom's a big reader. What did your mom do? What's your mom do? She's retired. Okay. She doesn't com- uh, contribute to society. What did, at what all, did so. she do? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, she uh, she stayed at home really. Okay. You know, for the most part, growing up, um, she worked. Uh, I remember part time at you know a couple of retail places and was a receptionist at some different places and so yeah. she just moved back here a few years ago from North Carolina but she's retired my, my mom's a retiring this year but she was a, a teacher so I think okay. that's why I was I was read to as a child and I yeah. was you know um, I, why I think it's important even though I don't always do a good job of doing it I'm like oh but I should be you know yeah. um, so thanks for that mom if you listen to this yeah. <laughs> um, are you much of a Netflix guy? You watch anything on Netflix? You know, I'm not. We subscribe to it, but it's more like Maddie, my 11-year-old daughter. She'll watch like, uh, you know, HGTV through Netflix or something like that. I don't yeah. really know, you know. Yeah. So so I don't do I do not do much on Netflix. I'll go to look for movies or shows on there sometimes, but I'm like, eh, you know, not That's really interested. a big commitment when there's like five seasons. Yeah. Like, oh, man. It is. <laughs> you know, Jeremy, we would be remiss if you and I didn't at the very end of this for fun talk about The Office absolutely I'm surprised it didn't come up because every day of my life there's either an Office or a Seinfeld reference I know, you know? Not, one or not, the other none of them came up organically no. I'm shocked by no. that no I, I almost made I, I will have to say you know I made the comment earlier if you all say things and do things that are stupid and I immediately wanted to say like that's what she said you know <laughs> but I didn't but now I just did so, <laughs> so there you go now, but yes, now you yes there's The Office reference let's uh you and me because, okay, so for everyone listening, Jeremy and I are both giant fans of The Office and of Seinfeld. It's almost com- our, it's almost our only shared reference point. I can't <laughs> believe we didn't bring it up uh, until now. Um, what is, in your opinion, the do you have a favorite episode of The Office? I know that's a big oh, question. Man, I say, uh, I've said, I've compared it actually to Hope. There, every episode is good. Yeah. Some are just better than others. Yeah. Like going to Hope, every weekend is great. Some are just better than others. So... I don't know that I have a favorite episode, uh, but a lot of favorite moments, you know, the first Christmas party and the, mm-hmm. you know, Michael Scott or Steve Carell saying, happy birthday, Jesus, sorry, your party sucks, you know, <laughs> um, that's up there. Is that the Yankee Swap episode? It is the Yankee yeah. Swap episode. <laughs> yeah, Yankee yep. Swap. Yeah. Um, there's just, there's, there's a lot of good, they're all good, right? Yeah. It's like Seinfeld too. Same they're all thing. good. Yeah, Seinfeld. Some are just better than others, yeah. you know? I still, um, I don't know if people have this feeling but I do I when I watch because I'll re, I don't know if you do this I will just rewatch it like once a year like the entire of run of the office oh really oh, mm-hmm. I would love that and I, the only reason I do is because a lot of the time when I'm studying for school or like um, I don't I don't really know what I want to watch that's what I'll put on and so usually in the course of a year I'll get through the whole thing again um, every time I watch 
I watch it, I think for some reason Jim and Pam aren't going to end up together. Like, I have this anxiety of like, what if they changed it, you know? Yeah. Like, uh, or like when I watch Friday Night Lights, I have the same thing. I'm like, oh, maybe they'll win this time. They never do. I don't know why, like, I, but I still get stirred up about it emotionally. You, you know, it's funny. It occurred to me when, when Mercy Me came to play at Hope that uh, Bart, the singer of Mercy Me, looks a lot like Roy from The Office. He does. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, is that, I just want to go up and say, is this, are you Roy or Bart? And I've I don't seen, uh, my girlfriend and I watched the, the show parenthood uh and roy from the office is in that is he and he came on yeah he's in it like very briefly okay. i've never i watched it Teresa did, it's, but. it's in like the he's in like the fourth season or something it's it's fairly late in the run but he came on i was like it's roy from the office and then i, I thought to myself that poor guy for the rest of his life is just roy from the office yeah, yeah. like he'll never be he'll never be any like like even uh uh john krasinski yeah who has gone on to do some really legitimate things, I, I guarantee you everybody, the first thing they think of is, oh, Jim, and look, it's Jim. Yeah. They'll just ne- oh, yeah. They'll never get rid of it. Oh, yeah. Same with even like George from, you know, yeah. like Jason Alexander or yeah. Michael Richards, it's George yeah. and Kramer. Yeah. You know? I, I listened to a, a, the Nerdist, promoting a different podcast now, the Nerdist podcast, I, I did an interview with him and it was, it was really interesting. He with Roy? Like, no, with uh, Jason Alexander. I say Roy. Yeah, Roy. With Roy. Yeah. With Roy. How do you know it's real? With Roy. Yeah, I was going to say, because I'm going to be honest with you, no idea what Wasn't he in that movie with John Chris Krasinski, uh, the Hours? yeah, wasn't he in that? I he was in something. That movie was awesome, but yeah. is it really he, good? I wanted to see oh, it. Unbelievable. Yeah, I want to see it uh, very badly. Yeah, um, but I, unfortunately, I don't get a lot of TV time with having two kids, seven and eleven. I haven't really mentioned that much today. Yeah, but that's uh, okay. yeah, because it's I would love to just watch The Office, you know. But mm-hmm. like, for some reason, my family wants to see me. Well, look, Jeremy, I do about. all these things because I'm I'm uh, <clears throat> I'm not married yet. And that's I right. Kids, that's so right. I can still get away with it, yeah. even though I'm almost thirty years that's old. That's right. <laughs> Binge watch television shows. That's right. I've seen every episode of Daredevil twice. <laughs> Don't worry about it. This is what I do with my time. <laughs> I'll just live vicariously through you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. I'll, I'll let you know. And and by the way, you can usually tell because I'll start texting you quotes from yeah. watching. So it's all and good. I love it. Cool, man. Nardog. All right. <laughs> Tune up. <laughs> Nardog. Um, all right, man. Hey, thanks for doing this. Thank you. It's really good. I yeah, it was fun. Um, is there any way people can get in touch with you should they have a desire to continue having the conversation? Yep. Or... I'm on uh, Facebook, Jeremy Bauman, B-A-U-M-A-N-N, mm-hmm. LinkedIn. Uh, Twitter and Instagram are both Jeremy M, is it Michael? Bauman, again, B-A-U-M-A-N-N. Awesome. On Twitter and Instagram. Very good. Um, as always, you can follow me on Twitter at Chris Petrick. You can follow me on Instagram, but there's there's no point. I don't Instagram anything. There's almost no point to follow yeah, me on Twitter. Either. Well, Twitter, yeah, you might be one of the you know like four followers, you know that uh, that I really don't tweet anyway. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> feel free to follow me if you like. <laughs> um, as always, if you uh, enjoy this podcast, which I think some people do, uh, please take a minute and give us a rating or review on iTunes. It helps me out. Uh, just get it out there and get uh, these stories out to more people um, so that they can hear them and hear that they are, uh, that me too, the most important thing. I think what we took away today is that the most important thing you'd say is something is me too, man. I'm, I'm there. So, um, Jeremy, thanks again for doing Thank this. you. You and, do an awesome job, man. Oh, thanks. Keep buddy. it up. I appreciate it. I'm going to as long as people continue to agree to come on it. So. Absolutely. <laughs> I don't think you'll be, uh, I don't think you'll be short there. Also, yeah. you do a great job, man. Thanks, man. All right, see you next week. Clear. You're the